welcome back to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the people at the table. I'm Dungeon Master Chris. And I am Dungeon Master Mitch. Yeah, and we are extremely excited today because yes. uh, a few days ago, I think it was yesterday or Tuesday maybe, we hit over a thousand listens on all of our first five episodes of the Dungeon Woo-hoo! Master blog. Yeah. yeah, Mitch was super excited about it. I was just kind of mediocre about it. <laughs> just kidding. I was, I was jacked. So, we want to say thank you to you guys because this would not be... At all possible. Mitch is contemplating about the word jacked. <laughs> jacked? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm overly excited. Like, jacked? pumped. No, jacked. jacked. Like, like in sports, somebody's like jacked. Like, they're like, shut up, man. Just right, Some people know what continue, I'm talking continue. about. <laughs> so, we are super happy about that. Uh, it wouldn't be made possible without you guys listening in. And, and we've had a ton of fun interacting with you guys. And so, we just want to say thank you. Yes, uh, thank all of you. Yeah, and so we have... We actually have a great. Yeah. We have a couple of shout-outs today from people that have rated the show. Commented on uh, commented iTunes. Commented on iTunes. If you haven't, head on over. Yep, yep. Uh, so, I will, I'll do the first one. You want to do the second yeah, one? Yep, Sweet. let's do this. All right, first one comes from Stevish Imp uh, on October 9. Just wanted to, j- I just wanted to listen to a podcast where DMs talked about being DMs. This one is good. Gave it a five-star. So, thank you, Stevish Imp. We really appreciate yep. it. So we that's what we're here to do to talk about DM and so how to do it. We appreciate your guys' feedback. Uh, we also got a um, a comment from D and D girl that is entitled "Thank you guys five stars." I love D and D and I love this podcast. Story time is great. Keep them coming. Yeah, they're fun. We will. <laughs> I love D&D story time. Girl, yeah. We will. Yeah. So that uh, that leads us. We have another story time for you. Uh, good one for my campaign. Mitch yep. hasn't DM since our last episode, yep. but I got some good stuff to talk about. Now nah, you're not lazy. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's. So uh, well, let's get into story yeah, time. Let's do it. Then. Story time. Here we go. Story time. The time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week. During our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves, and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy story time. Alright, so for story time, uh, let's talk about your campaign, Chris, since uh, since we last recorded. Uh, yours is the only one that we've done recently. Yep. Um, so we, uh, well, let's... Uh, like I played in it, so we we were in a town called Milner. Yep. Run mostly, it's mostly a dwarven town. Yep, dwarven, and about half dwarven, sixty percent, I think. As had written we down. We were yeah. there during. Um, was there a name to this festival? Or no, was it was just, just it was a it was a festival so that was going on. Just some different biggest, events. The biggest there's three. Uh, well, there's well, two events. Yeah, and the biggest one is probably the annual. Um, we all had a good laugh. Worm wrangling event. <laughs> it 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 was. So, I was thinking in my mind, I was like, I think I was like sitting in my living room, just like, I was just flipping through channels, and there was a Spongebob episode with the yeah, the yeah, big yeah. worm, like, and they got their like, <laughs> sand- push! push! <laughs> what if we take Bikini Bottom and push it somewhere else? Great yeah, so that was, that was what I was thinking of, and so... I was like, that would be hilarious to put into this city, because I was like, I... Like, we had been doing a whole... It's been, like, high stress, high suspense every single episode... Or, like, every single time we've met for this campaign. And I was like, 
I feel like we just need a fun night to do something that's just completely different from being on the run or trying to figure out something. And so I came up with this idea for the city of Milner to be really big into worm wrangling. They were having their 68th uh, annual worm wrangling extravaganza, whatever you want to call it, and... um, you got you in particular were just like super excited, uh, jacked if you will, uh, about about doing uh, this worm wrangling event. Like you, like you got handed this flyer in the tavern that you guys were staying at, and you were like worm wrangling, worm wrangling. Like I'm, I'm gonna, gonna win, win this this, this trophy uh, contest. And yeah. so people go out and they capture these worms, and they're like between, uh, they're like. All three to like, five feet usually. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're big. Earthworms yeah, is what yeah, they essentially are, what like. they are. And so, like the biggest one ever caught was five, five feet six inches. Five feet yeah, world six record. Inches. Yep. I'm gonna beat this. Yep. I, so Why did you want to beat it though? Because I wanted to be the commissioner yep. of the worm. And that was how you and became the new coat. commissioner. I didn't care a lot about the gold because I spent like three hundred, which is <laughs> what you're gonna get. Yeah, like, I think you got two hundred and fifty. Yeah, trying to uh, win this thing. And so my plan. Was I'm gonna I'm gonna get all the stuff I can. I'm gonna like I paid somebody for information. Like, all right, where are the biggest worms yep. at? Yep. And like they told me, well, most people are gonna go to the bog. That's where the worms, biggest ones have been caught over here. The year. biggest ones, from what I hear, are in the forest. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going. To, and so my plan is, all right, let's try and get as many people to the bog as we can. So we're running out of the city, and I'm like, I like. They're all dwarfs, so I run faster than them. Yep. And I, like, yell to my friend, Quick to the bog! That's where the biggest ones are! Yeah. And I run ahead of the group, and I hide behind a bush. And I, then, once they all, uh, all these dwarves yeah. run past me, I decide to go to the woods. Um, well, I met a new character, a new player, yep. who was playing with who us for the us. night. Yep. Um, and I, he was six foot four six or foot something eight. like that. Six, six foot, foot eight. eight. Yeah. He's huge. He's, like, as tall as I a human can get. Him, I smiled. This said, come with me, my friend. Um, and I bought, um, once again, spending a lot of money on this, yeah. I bought him the most realistic, we, I had a tailor-made worm outfit, and I told him, here's here's 55 gold, I was just throwing money everywhere, go to the bog and get as many people to follow you around as yeah. they can. Like, yeah, you went you went to the like famous halfling tailoring yeah. shop in there, and they like... They did this cool thing where they were like, how the heck are we supposed to... <laughs> so they like got on each other's shoulders and were like measuring him yep. like all the way up and down to try and get it. And so, and so brilliant night. I I go off to the woods. I try and capture these worms, which yep. best best thing ever, you start playing Pokemon music. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, wait, wait, wait. Before we get... You guys are like tracking this worm and I was like, wait, 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 wait. I have the perfect music for it. And so I went on YouTube and I found like this like ten hour loop of the battle where it's like you go into a gym battle. It's like yeah. And then this other character goes off to the bog and is just running around making all these dwarves and I think some halflings like chasing. Yeah, he he dug like a hole. He dug a hole like tunnel where he could change in like in the middle of this hill, and he went inside, changed into this like half or like earthworm form, and like. You know, put the suit on and like got out of the tunnel a little bit, and like this dwarf was like just mesmerized by this mountain now because he saw this <laughs> six foot eight tall worm coming out of there. He, you know, got a couple of them to get into a fight about catching them. Um, and <laughs> the funniest part was he, <laughs> he. So you guys are off fighting, and and one of our friends' characters goes back to the city and is like going to go find um, our other friend's character out in the bog, who's dressed as a worm, who's dressed as a worm, 
And so he sees this event playing out where he's like, all right, I'm going to get like, like halflings were not, they were almost as tall as the weeds. So you could just see like this rustling in the reeds where they were trying to search for worms and follow their trails and stuff. And, uh, he, he's this huge worm. And so he sneaks up on this little halfling thing. Uh, and this halfling's just like frozen. He's like, what the heck is this thing? Cause he can hear him. He's like a huge worm. And he didn't take his armor off, so he's, like, inching along in this suit, like, just making this clanging noise, like, as an earthworm. And so this halfling's just, like, freaking out, and he goes, I rear up, and then I smash down. He's, like, trying to... Yeah, he's, he's trying to beat the crap out of this halfling. He misses the first time, and, like, the halfling's trying to grapple him, and he's just, like, flailing around. And so... Our other character, for our other friend's character, is like walking out. He just sees this huge earthworm just smashing up and, and down. And he runs up to the halfling. He's, he's like, "Are oh, you were right?" And our other friend's running away. And, and the he like worm suit, and, he, and like he spreads the rumor up. Like there is a giant like yeah. worm that is like huge and will like attack. Like yeah. you gotta be careful. Yeah. And so it spreads the word. Yeah. And so well, what, what was funny about this part that you you forgot to say was Caleb like. Pretends to like scare this thing away. He comes up and pretends to scare away. And the halfling's like sitting there, like bloodied on the ground. He's like got this nosebleed. And uh, Caleb like helps him up. He's like, this halfling's like, what the crap, man? Why'd you scare oh, it yeah. away? I had it under control. He's like pissed at this. He's like gonna get beaten to death by this worm. He's like, he's like, what am I? Cu-? He's like cursing as he's like walking. I was like, come on, man. What, the, then, what the crap? Um, I caught a worm that we believe will win it. Yep. Um, Possibly but, might be the yeah, biggest we'll, one. We'll see how that goes next week. Yep. And then there was another part of this festival. Um, wolf races. Yep. Like like dog races, yep. but with wolves. But wolves, yep. Um, how'd that go as DMing? That, oh, I thought it was great for me. Yeah, that was, that was my first. Yeah, I came up with a whole system on, on how to... How to gamble and wolves had different odds. Yeah, wolves had wolves had different odds, and so therefore I was using different types of dice to get you know like see who would roll the. It wasn't based on like how far they would move. It was basically like um, the the wolf with the highest uh, the wolf with the highest percentile chance to win got a higher dice, a higher count of dice, Mm -hmm. Um, and then you take the highest one, and then the next one down got. slightly less dice based on you know how far they yeah. were down the less dice they got um and so it was it was funny i, I don't did anybody end up winning gold uh, yeah. coming out the well, other side no, they, you guys they, won they some throughout won, the whole but thing but but then you lost, lost yeah it. so you um, i this was funny for me because you kept going on the like 11 to 1 odds and stuff because i was doing the math in my head and i'm like if i put 50 gold in to the 11 to 1 i'm gonna if if i win i will come out 5,500 gold, like, yeah. I will, and so I, like, I'm putting or five, Yeah, whatever it was, yeah. And I'm like, I'll, I'll always bet on the, the last two. Yeah. And I almost won one crazy. Yeah. I, almost I think it was, like, the seven to one odds seven you almost won or something, something like that. I put, like, a hundred gold on it. Yeah. So, but, so I, like, I was, like, it was funny because I said to you, and I, you know from playing in my campaign, yep. I love, like, trying to steer the players to, oh, and there's a gambling hall in town. Mm. But, you know, but, and so, like, I, s- I am, I love being on that side of the table and seeing, like, all the players, like... The frustration, like, trying, the contemplation. Trying to yeah. win, like, and they waste so much money on it. And, like, I know this. Yeah. And I, I'm just, like, I told you during the night, I'm like, you know, being on this side of the table... I know that I'm an idiot for <laughs> yeah. like betting, but I'm I'm weighing the odds. I'm like, if I win, like I'm an you're idiot. gonna hit it, Rich. Yeah, 
And I know if I win, I can walk away. Yeah. But I just, I never yeah. won. So I lost. Well, and what was funny for me is, like, my brother was the only one that ended up winning gold coming out. Like, he was up, like, 250 gold coming out the other side or something. I forget what it was exactly. I think it was 250. That's and so was, yeah. he, you know, the, the, the guys, the, the halfling or no, it was a gnome that was, that was running the betting tables. He's like, well, you know, last, last race for the day. Anybody want to, want to bet? And you guys were all like, no, no. And he looks at, he looks at Casey's character. He's like, you know, I'm, you know, I want my money back. Right. He's like, he's like, come over here. I have a proposition for you. And he like gives him this whole proposition. He's like, you know, if you bet on, I think it was like a two to one and then a four to one odds or something like that. He's like, tell you what. You bet on the four to one odds. I'll double whatever you win, and uh, so Casey, my brother, is just like, man, like, I think it was like three thousand gold he could have walked it away with by betting like two hundred and fifty gold. Yeah. So he wasn't gonna lose crazy. any gold overall. He was just yeah. gonna have the same amount of gold he coming might, out. He might, have but he might hit it rich. <laughs> and so him sitting in this seat was just it was awesome for me to watch the wheels turn and just be like, do I do it? Do I not do it? Like, I really don't have anything to lose. Because I'll come out the same, but I could stick with my 250 gold. And then he finally did it, and I was like, yes. Because it's not real money. Like, I'm not losing 3,000 gold. He was so upset. Yeah, he was. He was He was furious. Not furious, but he was... He it wasn't... Was, I don't think it was the... He lost nothing. Like, he, that he did That he won and he lost that winnings. It was... It was the fact that he was really close to striking gold, like... Well, it came down, it so came down sad. to the last turn, because I did it in quarters, I re-rolled yep. every single quarter, and it came down to the last quarter, and his wolf, like, I think he rolled, like, a one, like, he rolled yeah. the worst you could pot, and it was, like, based on how everybody rolled, like, the third place wolf ended up coming in second, and, like, his wolf ended up coming in third, and so, it wasn't even close at the end, like, the third turn, or third, you know, section of it, it was close going into it, and then he just got blown out of the water, um, but it was so funny to watch him just be so frustrated with like, I was that close to having 3000 gold. And then, and then he walks by and the gnome is just like, yep, thanks for giving me my money back. And Casey's just like, screw you, man. I'm out of here. Like, forget you. So it was, um, it was a good week. Yeah. Well, and then we had, um, one last part we had, you know, the one guy that, that joined our group was a mercenary. There was, there was this like, uh, this call out from the mercenary guild to figure out what was going on with some caravans disappearing. One of our characters went into the mercenary hall to figure out um, one that was, if you've listened to past podcasts, the characters, the main characters are wanted in their own hometown because of some things that are going on uh, that are out of their control by the bad guys of that place. Um, and so there was, there was wanted posters up in this guild hall. Uh, and so the guy behind the counter is talking to one of our characters. He's like, I feel like I know you somehow. Like, how do I know you? Um, and he was doing awful on his perception checks like that, or his knowledge checks. Like, that's why, that's why he was like, I think I'm going to go get the guy from the back. Because he, he just, he couldn't remember this guy to save his life. Um, and so, you know, our, our friend turned around and he's like, he's like, other people are starting to look at him. He's like, what in the world? Why are people, you know, we've been gone from the main city or our mainland for like two weeks now at this point in time. And so word is traveling around other countries that you may have fugitives. Like it's coming from the King. So it's like, it's a pretty big deal. Like you guys have 1500 gold on your head each. Um, and so you guys are really, really wanted. <clears throat> and um, you guys, you know, you guys have to convince your friend that you met up with that like he shouldn't turn you in and stuff like that. So you guys, you guys are, are have convinced him to be like, Hey, we need 
to get out of the city or we need, you know, we need to figure something out how to, how to get over this, get rid of this. And uh, he ends up bumping into another one of your friends that disappeared for a while, Dale, who's actually a, a dragon in disguise who's trying to help you guys out. Bumps into him, he kind of scares him into helping you guys out a little bit. Um, and then Dale disappears again, and you don't know where he goes. But he gave you, like, this this map, this idea of where you're supposed to go. And so you guys, you know, you, you have him help you, show you to the sewers, and you guys have to do uh, your first puzzle to get into the sewers, which is a combination of pulling levers and force fields and stuff like that, which was uh, kind of fun to watch you guys figure out. And then you went into the beginning part of the dungeon where you think... Dale uh, is in hiding right now. Um, and there was like a, a symbol of like two golden olive branches there that were kind of like, which are going to become your guys' a symbol of the, the rebellion against the, the, the factions of evil that are, are in the world right now. Um, and that's where we stopped for the night, where you guys entered. The, so it was, a, it was a fun night just to kind of break the tension of always being serious and always just going after it, but kind of ending up back in that mode again after we had like five hours of just fun with worm wrangling and, and betting on wolves. So that was a, it was a fun week. That was a, that was a good week for me as a DM. So I was like, I feel like people had fun. They're, they're really invested into this now. Like it's, it's going to be good. So and right. you, you didn't, you didn't have one, unfortunately. Wish we could talk about your campaign. That's right. But, eh, there'll be more next time. <laughs> so, On to the meat. Cool. The meat. Here we go. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? The plate meat back on the menu, boys. We are really excited about this week. We've talked about how um, throughout this past couple weeks, ever since we decided this was going to be our topic this week, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be talking about inspiration. Um, we're going to be talking about just ideas for um, what to do in campaigns, whether it's a full-length uh, campaign or just an idea of an experience to put in, or even like an encounter. Um, so let's let's open up those floodgates. Let's let the creative juices flow, um, and let's start talking about this. We're, we're going to start off with um, we're going to start off this this portion of the meet by talking about. Where are some places that we get ideas from? Where do we get uh, inspiration? Where you guys can, as DMs, pull inspiration and ideas from? Um, and then the part that I'm really excited about is we're going to end this um, this uh, episode's portion of the meet with uh, Mitch DM DM Mitch and DM Chris's uh, top ten campaign ideas. And this is something that we hope to uh, do again in the future. Uh, but we're going to bring you guys each our like top ten ideas that we've come up with. Um, some of these ideas I've had for a long time. Some of these ideas I came up for this episode. Yep. Uh, but we're really excited for that, and we'll talk more about that when that comes up. So, I'm only semi excited. Only semi excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're uh, let's let's start this off by um, we have we have six um, six things to talk about uh, places where we. Um, pull ideas from, get inspiration for campaigns and experiences in <clears throat> campaigns from. Um, the first one that we uh, want to give a shout out to, I suppose, <laughs> is the D and D source material. I itself. guess since they like created the game, <laughs> since they like, like created the game. You know, so, we should yeah, probably say we get some inspiration D&D from there. D and D source material itself. Um, now this includes 
Um, the DMG players handbook is huge. Yeah. You can pull some for the players handbook, but I think even the DMG and the monster manual yeah. are huge. Um, going along with this, D and D novels themselves uh, can be huge, which you can speak more to. I haven't read. Nope, I haven't read a single D and D well, Chris novel yet. Who has time to read anymore? I listen to the audio books. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> but but yeah, like, I love the Dritz books, like R.A. Salvador, uh, Forgotten Realms. I love that stuff. Um, and it's I I also that's a thing. I know that you guys aren't really reading it. Like you just started. Like you just got a book like to read. Yeah. But like I know you guys aren't doing that. So if I pull something from that book, I know that you guys aren't. Yeah. Aren't going to be like, oh, you stole it from R.A. Totally Salvador's book number forty three. <laughs> number forty three out of seven thousand four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> however many he's read. Yeah. Like let's talk about the DMG. Um, yeah. I was actually just looking through it. DMG great. is great. It like. Just going, looking at the table of context right now, you're going to start a campaign, something to just look over. It's, it doesn't just cover rules, but like um, we're, we are, of course, talking about 3.5. Um, that's what we love to do, but um, 3.5 DMG, Chapter 3, is all about adventures. Yep. Uh, it's uh, some of the things it's talking about. Motivation. Uh, we got a breakdown of the dungeons, so you want to like kind of figure out dungeons. Urban adventures, um, just encounters, like... Uh, locations, rewards, stuff like that. You got all that stuff. Then chapter four, non-playable characters are a huge part about your campaign. They like can gonna, they can make or break a campaign. They can make honestly. or break a campaign. Uh, chapter five is about campaigns. That's perfect. Uh, so and then you got chapter seven's uh, magic items. Like you got you just got so much information. Um, you don't need to read it all, but like yeah. look into it. Like you might. Find something you're like. That's really interesting. Well, and, and we were talking a little bit too. I was, I, well, we were looking at the random dungeon generator or whatever, and we'll talk more about dungeon crawling specifically in, in, in later episodes. But I, I hadn't ever used it before. But there's a lot of like, there's a lot of interesting things that could come out of that. Like it's got like specific monsters that can go through like dungeon encounter, like a twelfth level dungeon encounter. It, you can roll percentile dice. And come up with specific monsters that will be a part of your dungeon. And you may even, like, look through this and, like, so for a 12th level dungeon encounter, you could say, wow, you know, there's, I rolled a 52%. There is an 11-headed Hydra, you know, in my dungeon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, right. Maybe I want to base this dungeon around Hydra specifically, and you make a Hydra-themed dungeon or oh something like that. Gosh. That'd suck, wouldn't it? Little baby Hydras, like Tremors, like the oh show Tremors gosh, or whatever. Little, uh, little yeah, things well, like that. Exactly. But like you, can, you can come up with stuff like that really You can come up really with quick. a great idea for a campaign or even uh, just a dungeon from just looking at one simple thing and let it let it steamroll off in a yeah. whole different direction and yep. do, do that. Um uh, speaking about monsters and encounters, like the mo- monster manual can be great for um, inspiration. Um, I, I have the monster manual in front of me. Uh, I'm looking at the page um, that has all the giants, and I, I specifically remember in my campaign right now, like a like one thing that if you are if you are creating your own world, um, you uh, you need to think about what kind of monsters are relevant in the area that we're in. Um, and so I, I specifically remember like doing that and thinking and looking at this picture that has the cloud giant, the stone giant, the hill giant, and I, I think the stone giants are sweet, and I read up all yeah. this stuff about them, and stone giants are a, um, a big 
there's like a lot of stone giants in the area that we are around in our campaign, and the human race is afraid of them. Uh, don't understand they, they them. They don't understand them. Um, but you guys, as a group, are starting to think, um, maybe they're not so bad, maybe they're just misunderstood. At least some of you guys... That's what I said. I said we should go after them, but everybody was like, no, we're so scared. I was like, they didn't kill us. And, and for good reason, they are scary. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, like... You can go. You can open up the DM, uh, the monster manual. Look through it. You can get ideas for whole entire campaigns based off of one monster. That's what I did. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What did, What is your campaign? Yeah. So I I started <laughs> out with my campaign, and I I started it, and I was like, I have no idea what the whole end thing is going to be, like what the big bad guy is at the end type thing, and and I was just slipping through the manual, and I was like, I played Dungeons and Dragons before quite a few times. And yeah, I've never been in a campaign where there were actually any dragons. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, I'm going to base it around dragons and came up with this whole idea. Like, you guys had met this woman, and I, I don't think I've ever told you this before, but the, the main woman is actually a dragon because I was like, well, i got to come up with something cool for this woman to do. So uh, the, the, the person we think is a witch? Yeah, the person you oh, thought I, was a witch. I this. <laughs> yeah, well, you I did. That, you yeah. did because I came up with it before we before you guys figured it out, but... It's one of those things where I was like, oh crap, i got to come up with an idea of what this bad person is. I don't want it to be a witch. Like I've been in, We've done campaigns where we've dealt with wizards and witches mm-hmm. before. I want it to be a little bit different. Uh, and so came up with the whole, I drag, the whole dragon idea just because I was flipping through the monster man. I was like, what would it be a cool thing for this thing to actually be able to shapeshift into a human with? And I was like, well, that fits perfectly. You know? So that was, that was how I came up with the whole idea behind you know, the campaign was just flipping through the monster manual itself. Yeah, so... Yeah, so the Monster Manual, DMG, D&D Novels, great source. Yep. Let's move on to the second, um, going off of books, books. Second place we can get, you can get inspiration from is books. Um, uh, just to name a few, like, okay, in my honest opinion, what author has, uh, has inspired more fantasy than any other today? J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Tolkien. Oh, in my oh, okay. in my honest opinion, Tolkien is like if you trace D and D even back, Tolkien is just at the root of it all. Yeah. Um he is his books are amazing. I know for me, um I think he spent more time in his in Middle Earth than he did in the real earth. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like he created like and we, so elaborate. everybody knows Lord of the Rings. Everybody now knows The Hobbit, but he created way more than that. He created a whole lore um and you can just get getting back to the first age like yeah. thousands of years of i know in i know in D D lore um goblins and orcs are like they hate each other mm-hmm. um in my in my campaign in my world that i've created like i go more of a tolkien route i like my I think orcs most are people a do. lot more like tolkien orcs yeah and goblins and orcs work together a lot Orcs are orcs will bully goblins. Yeah, I was gonna say that um, they they, yeah, they like, bully them. They're stronger. Yeah. They're not nice people. They're not gonna be like, hey, yeah. goblin buddy, come on over here. Yeah, like, no. hop on my shoulder. Yeah. Come with me. <laughs> like they treat them like a, a second class race. Yeah. But but yeah, like they get along. They get along to the point where that they work together. Yeah. Like um, yeah, Tolkien is huge. Um, what are what are some other? Yeah, you said J.K. Rowling, and we like you know joked about that. But like J.K. Rowling is like. I Lots love I love yeah. Harry Potter. You love Harry Potter. Um, I know in my campaigns, like I don't think that you've probably seen too much J.K. Rowling um, inspiration, but it's been there. I think one of the biggest 
thing that I've gotten from uh, the Harry Potter series is like there's so many cool items in those books that I've allowed and I've made customized items. Yeah. Of. Um, just to mention a few, like port keys. Uh, if, oh, yeah. if you don't know, if you don't know Harry Potter lore, port keys are items that are magically um, enchanted to teleport you once you touch them to another place. Yep. Um, Porky's great idea um, for some. Oh, you should add magical ideas. fireplaces. Magical fire. <laughs> yeah, talk about that. <laughs> so in in uh, Harry Potter, I can't. I haven't read the books in a while, but they had the the Diagonelli part where he like shows up <laughs> in like the. The like super hood part of like the wizard world, and he stands yep. in a fireplace at first and throws his stuff down and and goes in there. But it's it's one of those things that you're talking about is is the yeah. whole teleportation, teleportation thing. Yeah. Fire. Not only that, but they they talk through fires. Like they, yeah, like in in the movie, like you see his face, like yeah, serious right. face, like appear in, as coals. Like he's yep. talking through the fireplace. Um, one thing that I've used in my campaign before. I don't think you were around for this, but. Um, in uh, Harry Potter number five, Order of the Phoenix, you have um, them go into the Ministry of Magic, and there's all these weird, like, rooms, and they find that one room with the, like, memory balls. I don't know what they were called, but, you know... You, I don't remember what they you, were like, called either. You held it, and, like, you could see somebody's memory from it. Yeah. Um, I have used that in my campaign before. I've had one of those, um... And not enough people in the game knew Harry Potter to the extent that they were like, oh, you st- took that. No, and I, I changed it up a little bit. Uh, but, like, th- those two authors um, alone from books uh, can be great inspiration. Uh, C.S. Lewis and his Narnia um, books can be great. I'm yeah. trying to think of other fantasy lore. we got, like, Aragon books. Um, Ar- yeah, Aragon books. Uh, Wheel of Time is one Wheel that I've been time. reading I recently. Haven't, I haven't read it. Yeah. I've read a little bit. And yeah. Just having the time. It's just, ha ha, uh, having ah, the time yeah. for the Wheel of Time. The Wheel of Time. It's not allowed. <laughs> but there's so much out there that you can get inspired from. Um, and, like, I, I listened to a, a podcast the other day from some of the authors. I think you posted it on the, the Twitter yeah, page. Yeah, I posted it. Um, so check that out. Yeah, it's it was... It was really interesting for me to hear them talk about, like, they're like, you know, the times where I realize I am inspirationally and creatively tapped out is the times where I realize I'm not reading anything. And so I, whatever you're doing, like, reading is a huge way to get inspiration, whether it's you are, like, quote unquote, stealing the idea directly, or if it's like, wow, that was really cool and it just, like, it starts to get your creative juices flowing. It's like, well, what if I took that and did something a little bit differently and then implemented that into my campaign, you know, to make this fun thing um, for for the the players that are a part of it. I, th- I think reading books, uh, no matter what they are, are, are a really inspirational tool that I think is highly underutilized. You're you're creating when you're DMing, you're creating a story. What better place to get ideas from than other stories? Yeah. To let the let those creative juices yeah. like start working their magic. Speaking of other stories. Um, Let's let's get into the next three that are my favorite ones because I love these next three. But okay, yeah, so the do. third one, movies. Movies. Movies are huge. Movies, uh, and let's let's be honest. A lot of great movies are adapted from books. We talked yep. about. We talked about um, Divergent. Duh. <laughs> Divergent. I've never seen it. I thought it looked <laughs> awful, but um, you know, movies can can be huge. Just watch fantasy movies. Watch movies that aren't fantasy. You get great ideas from them. Uh, Lord of the Rings, like. Once again, you got yeah, you got Tolkien 
uh, going into the movies, get ideas from those movies. What are some other well, great movies? Uh, I I don't care what you guys think, but the Hunger Games. I like the, especially the second hey, one. I I like the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, some may make fun of it, but. Yeah, like you just the said. The second like, one, especially, like, they had the, you know, they had the whole arena that you hide in, and it's like, but they had it split up where it was, like, each section, like, you see at the beginning, you know, they take people from each, there's, you know, 12 different yeah. sections, and they figure out slowly but surely that things are happening in a chronological order, and it's like every hour something is happening in a different section of the the map, and you don't want to be in the section when it's that hour, yeah. you know? And so I found that, like, just thinking through this, I was just like, that is... That is it's fascinating. Brilliant. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, like hate Hunger Games, love Hunger Games. If you're a DM, I would say you have to at least look at the concept of what Hunger Games is yeah. and go, that could be awesome for a campaign. That could be a fun campaign. Um, yeah. You like it's 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 gladi it's gladiators like mm-hmm. in a futuristic like um, setting. You can do everything that they do in that with technology and switch it over to magic. Yeah. Like yep. magic is the fantasy world's equivalent of technology. Yep. Or, if you're doing a steampunk kind of thing, you mix them both. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, well. movies are a great source of, inform- uh, of inspiration. Next one. I love it. Comic books. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I think I've read maybe 20 comic books in my life. So <laughs> comic books. This is not where I get a ton of inspiration yeah, from. I, like, I love comic books. Comic books inspire me... Um, in life, <laughs> I, they inspire I me am, to be a better man. <laughs> I am a Marvel fan uh, because Marvel kicks DC's butt. Yeah, I look around your apartment and there's tons of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Not where we're sitting in the other yeah. room. Though. I'm like, you're looking around. There's all DC. I, stuff. I was thinking. What are you I was like, at? I was like, yeah. There's a. T- wait a minute. That's the other room's crap. <laughs> yes. There's I. I. Yeah. I'm an adult with tons of toys. I love it. Um, but yeah. So, comic books can be a huge inspiration, whether it's the stories or even, like, just looking at specific characters and um, creating powers of, like, uh, villains or, like, heroes out of them. Um, Specific story. Uh, Were you in the campaign that we went to the desert and there was a guy who was multiplying with the crystal? I don't was that so. the same one with the... That wasn't the same no. one with the Ifrit, right? Yeah, you, okay. That was, that was yeah, before no. you started playing in uh, that campaign with us. But so, uh, one of one of my favorite mutants, like if you like, like X-Men and stuff, one of my favorite mutants is this guy called Multiple Man. And he just... He splits off and he starts like creating uh, duplicates of himself. I think it's awesome. So, you, like, you think you're fighting one guy, then all of a sudden you're fighting like... Uh, Two guys, three guys, four guys, and they're just like running around you, beating you up. Could have said you uh, got that from Pokemon too. I forget what that move is called, but they like make like a ton of them in the episode in the they? show. I yeah, there's. I forget I what it's seen, called. I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah. episode. sorry, but. I steal your thunder. Keep <laughs> no, going. that's right. Um, and uh, so yeah, like in in one of my campaigns, like you guys um, are trying to track down this like um, this huge group of marauders. And you're like trying to you're trying to track them down, and as you're tracking them down, the footprints get fewer and fewer and fewer until you get to finally this temple, this abandoned temple with one set of footprints going inside. And you're like, "What the heck happened to all the other guys?" You get inside, and there's um, there's this one guy in a red cloak, um, just laughing maniacally, and he holds up like this this oh, it's a staff. He holds up the staff. And he slams it on the ground, and all of a sudden, like, eight other versions of him pop out. 
<laughs> and like the all the uh, characters start attacking the duplicates. Well, while they're attacking the duplicates, the the original starts slamming his thing down and creating more. And you guys, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, we need to get to that guy." That was inspired by multiple um, man, multiple man, nice. Um, Captain America. Like I thought of this the other like like think like. You might look at Captain America and go, I love the way Captain America throws his shield and it bounces off guys and returns him. Now, if you create a character in your uh, <laughs> campaign that has a shield that like bounces off other characters, I think most people Maybe are look not at you like and go, four years ago people would have yeah. realized this before the movies came out, but now everybody's yeah. like... No, I think most yeah. people are going to look and be like, you still Come on, man. But you can take something like that and twist it enough that people aren't going to like right away get... like. What if it's a bad guy? With a shield that has like razor edges, and instead of bouncing off, he throws it, and it kind of circles the room and cuts me, almost like a boomerang like, type yeah, thing. Yeah, like I, I think it would at the very least take a little while before somebody went, yeah. like, "Hmm, you're just stealing Captain America." Make them, make them different, but you can get ideas yeah. from power sets. Yeah, or you could do like, I mean, like, not to keep going off of X Men. I guess Captain America is an X Men, oh, but you could do no, somebody no, like you could do somebody like uh, what was his name Gambit, the one with the cards yeah. or whatever. You could do like like you kind of did this with your character with the the cards that you oh, throw, yeah. uh, and they have like magical things happen out yeah. of them. You could do something like that, a magical where, deck that I throw the card and it creates yeah, a spell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about Gambit, but yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, it's kind of a Gambit, it's kind like, of Gambity like, thing. Like, I can, magic, yeah. a wizard and Gambit like come together. Yep. and that's yep, that's and that what could be is. you have your spells written down, and mm-hmm. instead of casting them like. By saying the words, you throw the card, and it could exactly do something like that. Exactly, you, know? you can do all um, sorts of fun stuff with that. Moving on, uh, number five, we got we got games. Yep, this includes video games, video games and board games, other, yeah, stuff. board games. Um, this is the I told you before the we started recording. I'm like, I can't remember what the one thing. There's another thing I wanted to talk about. I remembered, and this goes off of the games. Let's we'll talk about this first. Oh, you did remember what it was now. Well, I remember. I remember. I remember what it is now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Um, if you're familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, which I hope you are if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, uh, I think most people are probably familiar with the game Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Magic, you can pull pull a deck out of cards and you can get inspiration from that, like on creatures, on uh, events in your campaign. Yeah. Like you really, there's so many, and there's so many cards that could give you ideas, and just the artwork alone can give you inspiration. Uh, for things in yeah. one of my campaigns, um, one of my one of the players wanted to uh, craft myrrh, like as like little, and so we we worked with it. I worked with him on that, and I let him craft myrrh. And basically, each myrrh was like had a specific job. So if he had a if he had a he had a shield myrrh, they're like oh both yeah, his yeah, hands yeah. Were shields, and so he he didn't that was it. like got yeah, people, cool. and like his head had like a shield on it, and so he just. He was a gnome, so he'd run in front of the gnome, the gnome was the gnome crafter, and get in front of the gnome and just put all his shields up, and like it would allow like enemies to hit the myrrh before they. hit We had him. a lot of fun interactions with that. Little yeah, um, he wanted to create a rope, a rope myrrh that basically had a, a pulley system as a chest, and like could just like, um, and so his whatever myrrh he created had basically one skill set right, that it did, right, and had very little uh, HP. Um, it was not a good, a very good, like, fighter or anything. It was a myrrh. But, like, that, that idea of a myrrh came from magic. 
and we made that into a fun little thing that he could create, like, all these little murs that he'd bring one and two each adventure, and they they were really useful in a certain situation. Yeah. I think of, uh, what was that car? Was it Murball, I think, is the car? <laughs> yeah, the car, he's like just that. got, like, a hundred, just a hundred little murs going around, and he's like, I call upon the spirit of shield mur, and it just flings out <laughs> <Yeah>. of its card. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, that was inspired by Magic the yeah. Gathering. You can get a lot of ideas. Mer Battlesphere is the card. I just looked it up. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You can get a lot of ideas for Magic the Gathering. Um, video games. Video games are um, What huge. are some video games that like you could think of that could inspire? Uh, so I've I've purposely resisted playing World of Warcraft for years because <laughs> I realized that I would wow, get dude, I would get wow. I would get <laughs> yeah. Shut up. You you don't you don't I play don't, it. I don't play. <laughs> I'm not gonna pay. For uh, that. I I purposely avoided it one because it cost money. I was like. Pay fifteen bucks for this game. It's not that. Can't be that good. Uh, and I also remember how addicted I was to RuneScape back yeah. in the day. And so I was like, I just, I, I will become addicted. And I did. You did become addicted. <laughs> I did. Uh, but there is like, there is so much within that world that it's just like, there's no way it couldn't have been inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. And there's no way that you can't. Not be exp- inspired oh, by that, you yeah. know. Like, and it has its own lore. It's got like, tons, and they do such a good so job with their lore. Yeah. So oh, yeah. good. But I think, uh, yeah, I think of, of World of Warcraft. If you need inspiration and you have a little extra money, just get in there and start playing. Like there are things instantly that you look at, whether it be you know terrains that you're going to use for a map, like, and you just like if your players don't play World of Warcraft, you just go and print out a map of whatever kingdom you're in, you know, like, and you just, you, you use that as your map. Like, you yeah. could, I mean, you could create whole campaigns around stuff that's, that's within that world. Elves know? are, I don't know a lot about World of Warcraft, but elves mm-hmm. are pretty, pretty different, at least in their appearance in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe you like Well, there's that some that are, there's some elves. that are good, Go there's some like, that are good elves, or some that are bad yeah. elves, you know, there just you based on what, what types they are, so. Um... Uh, you you mentioned it before, and we both kind of mentioned that we haven't actually played it. But Diablo, going off of that, yeah, idea, you, yeah, I like Diablo. I know is rich in its own lore. Yep. And you can get ideas from that. Yep. Um, Blizzard, if you ever need any sort of lore, Blizzard is phenomenal really at group. their lore stuff. Yeah. yeah, like if you need to just get some, go and go and read some of their lore stuff, and you'll just your mind will be blown. So now, good at it. I haven't liked. I personally, I haven't liked these games since uh, the tenth one. Um, but Final Fantasy, I grew yeah. up loving those. Games. I played Final seven Fantasy VII a lot. Loved them. I actually bought it again on my computer and re-downloaded it and played it. I didn't yeah. play all the way through it, but I was just like, yeah, I remember how great this game yeah, was. they yeah. have tons of stuff that you could pull from as ideas. And maybe you do like the newer stuff and you pull stuff from that. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I know when I... There's a, there's a continent in my world, um that I specifically got a lot of inspiration from the game that I would consider, for me, was my favorite game of all time. I had more fun playing this game than any other game, Skyrim. Um, which world was it? Uh, it's it's which, the, the which continent, continent? Um, of Azan Khazad. Oh, know. totally, yeah. yeah. Very, very like, uh, and, and Azan Khazad in my world is way more of a harsh... Cold climate than like Skyrim, you got harsh cold climate, and then you got beautiful green. Yeah, woods. the further you go, it's not because that is like a land that's cursed and like just cold and like. But yeah. and but yeah, like I, I took a lot of ideas from 
Uh, I was like, I want mammoths. I want mammoths in uh, in Azankazad. Like, and yeah. and then you get. I have like uh, in Azankazad. Then I went that that steamroll. Once again, we're talking about like inspiration, yeah. and that leads to your own ideas. I have, I have like there's these savage people that like ride these woolly mammoths and like attack people like it's they're they're mammoth riders and like but like that a lot of I think I actually came up originally came up with the idea for Azankazad because we had we needed to go to an, in in that campaign we needed to go to another continent and I was I was playing Skyrim so much that I was like I want I want to like bring some of this in yeah um but yeah like it was it was based off of Skyrim it was based off of D and D. Um, lore with frost giants, it like it like a lot of inspiration went into that place and created my own place. But Skyrim has so much. Forget Skyrim, not well, never forget Skyrim. Forget <laughs> never Skyrim. Forget. Yeah, never forget. <laughs> I feel like that's a meme waiting to happen. We'll post forget that Skyrim. Later. Never forget Skyrim. Um, but like talking about the whole Elder Scrolls, like in general, yeah. that's there's so much lore in that, like. There's like there's so many games that and like you said before, even like even a board game could come up with some great ideas um, that for a new campaign, an encounter, an experience. Even playing through like like Risk and the way that you guys talk about things. Like I remember we played uh, a version of Risk that we made based off of your world, and I was just kind of like, well. I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want. I'm going to cause all sorts of mutiny. So you could, I mean, you could make a campaign based off of what you do in the game of Risk. Yeah. Like, you could be like, you know, there's these warring kingdoms, and all of a sudden, like, you, one of the kingdoms just got bored or something. No, I don't know, bored would be the right word, but you're just like, <laughs> something happens and they just go berserk and try this to kill everyone. This is so boring. Yeah. I want to kill people. Gosh, war is stupid. <laughs> I just want to do something fun. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you could do stuff like that, too. Yeah, so... Those are those are all great examples of where you can get inspiration from. Uh, lastly, on the least uh, on the list, but not not a uh, not least at all is D and D podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like we're obviously not the only D and D podcast out there. Um, I have, but one of the reasons I wanted to do a podcast was because I love D and D podcasts. I love podcasts. Yep. I've gotten like a lot of. Ideas and inspiration from other podcasts. Yeah, if you listen to D and D podcasts, you're going to come up with ideas. One of the things that I've always wanted more of in D and D podcasts is ideas for campaigns. Yeah, and that is why we have decided, especially on our next segment, um, we're going to talk about Mitch and Chris's top ten campaign ideas. But before we do, um, we um, have one more shout out. Uh, to give. Yeah, and this is from, uh, let me pull up the email a second, DM, and I apologize, I, I don't know. Right, well, let's, we, we're not exactly exactly sure how to say it, so yeah. let's, let's, let's make sure we at least say it right once. So, yep. um, D, I'm going to try it. So, Kay. DM, never. That works for me. I think that's... What about, well, what it could be DM, nouveau. Nouveau. Ooh, yeah, French. Could be. Oh, yeah, French, it could, could be. be. Yeah. Oh, what was the one you said? Uh, Nouvelle, yeah. But so I switched the U and the E around. We're so. just gonna go on DM never. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he um he responded to our last podcast. We said, hey, you got any great ideas for um, ideas for campaigns or whatever? Um, send them in. 
his idea was not on either one of our top ten. No, it wasn't. Sweet, and it is it is really brilliant. Yeah. Um, you want to give a rundown of what um, what he tells us is a great idea for a yeah. Uh, so for so a he campaign? wrote that he has used this in the past uh, using dream sequences to recall things that have happened in the past or uh, almost. You could use it, like use it for visions, like something that will happen yeah. in the future. Like one of your characters gets this vision of something in the future that's going to happen, and you know he can do with that what he wants. It may be something like I, you have dreams all the time of things that like happen. Like you're out in the real world and you see something happen, and then you wake up and you're like, "Wow, that was really real." Did that? Is that going? Yeah. You know, so it could be something like that where your character has this really vivid dream. Uh, and it could be something that happened and is going to happen in the future, almost like a prophecy type thing that your yep. character has been given this special knowledge, whether it be from a god or or whatever it, it came from, and they they now have forewarning of something that's going to happen, or it's something that uh, you get like a, a history lesson. You have like these key characters that you have known of in the past, or um, something that happened in the history of the world. Whether you're doing, you know. Forgotten Realms, or you make up your own thing, and, and you have just this insight from the past of, um, this is something that happened, this is going to help you out. Um, maybe maybe it's like you're going into a dungeon, uh, and you are like, or you've been in a dungeon, and you got stuck at this specific spot, and, and you realize as a DM, like, my characters, aren't, my, my players aren't going to figure this out, like, I have to come up with, I don't just want to tell them, like, this is how you get through the dungeon, but you maybe have a, a, uh, a, uh, previous, whatever it's called, prequel, whatever, uh, where you, the person has a dream and they see how somebody else got through it, like this main person, big name, who's gone through this dungeon before, and you see them get through the part that you were stuck on, and it's almost like this divine dream was given to you as a history lesson of how to get through this dungeon. Could be something like that. Um, brings, I, I love this idea. Yeah, he brings up that it's a great way, and I agree with him, a great way to start an adventure off. Like, yeah. You start an adventure off with a bunch of players, um, and you put them in a dream, don't tell them. Like, he's like, it's best if you don't like let them know that they're in a dream. Inception. And like, they think that that's going to be the start of the adventure. Um, and then, you pull at the end, you pull them out of it, and they all have the same dream or something like that. that then they don't even have to know each other, and that brings yeah. them perfect reason for them to all be together. Here's one of the things that I love about this idea. Uh, it gives the DM even more power, because in that scenario that they don't know they're in a dream, you can pull off the craziest things, and they can go, that's not what would happen, that's not realistic. And then at the end, you just look at them, and once they find it's a dream, you're like, dude, it's a dream. You really gotta sell that, though, if you're gonna try that. <laughs> just, you know, you, re- you gotta go all 100% away. But, yeah. Yeah. but like, and... Here's the other thing that I personally, with my love of uh, slower campaigns, love. Um, oh, guys, and you figure out it was a dream. No XP for that battle. Oh. <laughs> and they, all my players hate me. Uh, um, it's like the, it's like the, uh, I hate you get, this, but You get 3,000 dream experience. Yeah, but so you see, like, the Twilight movies. Have you seen the, have you seen the fourth one, part nope, two? I haven't seen any of them. Oh, okay, sorry. well, right. it was worth sitting through all of them please for this one scene. Please don't stop listening to our podcast. Yeah, please don't. I don't listen to, please don't. I don't watch Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> but so they, they did this whole thing, and I, I haven't read the books, but I had seen the movies, um, and so... I had no idea what was coming. Some people in the theater were knowing like what the heck was going on. But so the fourth, the fourth movie, part two, so technically the fifth movie, whatever you want to call it, 
had this whole moment where these these big vampires are coming together, and this one girl goes up and starts talking to like the bad vampire from the other side. Uh, there's like this hour scene of like them fighting and like this this crazy thing happening, Ca- like chasms opening up, things falling in, like this huge and like everybody in the uh, in the theater is just like getting sold on this, like. Like, my mouth was sitting open. I was like, this is the coolest scene I've ever, like, witnessed for a vampire battle in my life. And then it, like, pulls back and this guy has, like, this, the bad vampire has, like, this realization that, like, we're screwed. Like, we're not going to win this battle. And then they just walk away. And I was just, like, mind freaking blown. Like, and so that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, you have I this whole big... people while we were talking hitting the unsubscribe button, Chris. <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> your loss. Uh, your loss. My loss? <laughs> Our loss. Whatever. Unsubscriptions. No, yeah, just whatever. Um, but yeah, um, man, you got me totally on the twat. I don't even know where to go from that one, buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh, whatever. our top ten. Let's, yeah, there we let's, go. All right, we go. so um, moving on from Twilight. We haven't <laughs> shared these with each other. We have not shared these with each other, which is exciting because we, we will you will be hearing our uh, actual reactions. Now, it, it's going to be weird if... Every single one of ours is the same, but we hope that that will not be <laughs> the case. So, um, with the bajillion we're going to do this in countdown. So we've we've actually split up our top ten, and it is a top ten. So um, we think that our, as far as we're concerned, the one that we put as number one is our favorite on this list, and the number ten is our least favorite. Um, so we're going to go back and forth, share our top our ten our 9, our 8, and so on and so forth. So we're starting at the bottom. We're starting at the bottom. We're going to reach number (laughs) 1. And so these are are ideas that we've thought of in the past. Um, We've Maybe some of them are ones that we've done. I know for me there's a couple things that I've already done in campaigns, but I want to share them because I think they're great ideas. And these are ideas that we want you guys to hear and get ideas from. Uh, These are... You know, things that you could pull into your campaigns into. Uh, you can take them as just ideas and run some other idea off of them. But uh, they're just really cool things that we uh, we hope that you guys enjoy that we've thought of. So, uh, Chris, number 10, would you like to start us off? What is your number 10 out of your top 10 yeah. uh, campaign ideas? I believe I got this from a James Bond movie I saw a long time ago. And I had the idea of escaping down a mountain after a dungeon... Skiing. Skiing? That was the type of idea. I was like, I don't know the mechanics behind that. Probably you, some... You, is this like actual skis in a D&D? Yeah. Why okay. not? Why not? <laughs> or you could Legolas it up and use a shield. Yeah, or, or you... Yeah. Sled, you know, like using it like Something a, like a that. Sled. I was just thinking, I was like, you probably have some dexterity rolls in there to make sure you're maintaining balance. You have some guys chasing you because they're pissed you stole their gold or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and you can find your way down a mountain... As an escape from this this dungeon, skiing on something you could you, know? you could place like you could have an encounter where you place uh, your pieces um, on like a map, and you could only actually move right to left every turn. And you can have like enemies behind you, like sliding on their shields, shooting at you. Yeah, and you have got to use ranged attacks. And what you could do, or is somebody from, comes up next to you and you use melee yeah, attacks from the from the front part of the board to the back part. If you have like tree figures, you can just have them like come at you. Like, oh yeah, and you have to move right to left to avoid them. But they're just they just go right across the board, like as if you're going. This down idea. Why did I have it as number man. ten? That's. <laughs> 
I and everything else better not one, right? Everything else better not suck now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a sweet idea. Want to hear my number ten? Nope. No. Yeah, yeah, I do. Go All ahead. right. So uh, my number ten is an idea for a an encounter, possibly a boss battle. Um, I don't know. Like this, this is number ten. So maybe some of you are going to think this is stupid. Hold on, it's going to get better. <laughs> I think this is sweet, but maybe some of you are going to think this is stupid. What about? All right. So you are. Uh, traveling in this dungeon, like, you find, like, the kitchen area, right, of this dungeon. Um, ready? Are you ready for this? Food mage. A mage that specializes in food. You know the spell entangled? Spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you want, he wants to blind people? He just lets off from his hands a pepper storm. Pet, like, just, oh, just all over. Uh, he animates objects like <laughs> cooking knives to come at you. Uh, you've heard of Fireball? Have you heard of Cupcake Ball? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, like, you take the same damage and stuff, and the same, uh, like, you just, you can take spells, and he's just, he's a chef, instead of wearing a, <laughs> he's, instead of wearing a wizard's hat, he's got a big old chef's hat, and he's just throwing, like, food at you, animate object, he animates, like, a cooked turkey, it's coming at you to attack you, it's awesome. A refrigerator. <laughs> Boss battle. That, that makes food. you age. Two things that I think of with that. I think of in SpongeBob where uh, they try to have the fancy restaurant and the big old food monster comes out of the kitchen. I think of that part with Mr. Krabs. Food monster. Yeah. Oh my gosh, food golem. He's created a food golem. There we go. Uh, what Got was bananas for fingers. I don't remember the other one I was thinking Got salads of. salads for fingers. I don't remember. Oh gosh, salad fingers. That crazy, <laughs> stupid video. Don't even go there. I don't remember the other one I was going to say anymore. Chris, you're number nine. Number What's nine. your number nine? Going along the same mountain theme, I think I want to switch these in my mind. But number nine I have written down, to get to a dungeon, the only way you could get up there is either to fly, but you make it so there's no possibility of flying. Uh, and they have to <laughs> they have to climb the face of the mountain in order to get up. Like, like mountain climbing. Not like going up a trail, but like... You know, you go to your local sporting goods store. They have the big old mountain climbing wall there, but you Where have you to do that. Where you got your skis? Yeah, you have your skis with you, so you can go down. So you can go down on the opposite side, skiing down. Yeah, that was my idea. You could, yeah. I mean, you could throw in some like. I think of Chris Farley when he goes up the tree and disrupts the eagle eggs oh, in uh, Almost Heroes. So good. You have stuff like that that happens. You, I mean, you. It could be extremely hard for your characters to have to scale the face of a wall. <laughs> if you suck at climbing Almost checks, years. like you'll have to come up with ideas for them to get up the face yeah. of the mountain. Yeah. Like a way to get to a I dungeon. Just a, I just had a recall to one of the worst movies ever, but the G.I. Joe movie where they got ninjas on the wall oh, scale and yeah. attacking each other. Well, they had that in Indiana Jones, too, didn't they? Uh, Something know. like that. Which one? I don't know. Not I one. Uh, I only recognize one through three. That's all I recognize. Yeah, the fourth one's awful yeah. with them. What force one? What are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so You're my number, nine. my number nine um, is so here we here we go. Uh, we got the we got the plots uh, plot twist sound effect we're gonna put in. So we've all we've all seen or heard stories where uh, a king, um, the king of the land, like becomes mentally ill, and mm. then the then the kingdom is you know. Uh, it starts going down the tubes, basically. Yep. But it, if you go with classical monarch-like system, who, it doesn't matter. Like that, he's the king. You deal with it. Yep. Like you deal, and hopefully there's some people in power next to him that can like ease stuff out to like be easier. So, or assassinate him. 
<laughs> or, yeah, just or, kidding. Well, not that. Yeah, like maybe that's the maybe that's the what you do in yeah. the campaign. But all right, so King of the Land goes mad. It's happened before. Uh, but here we go. What if the king wasn't just a king? What if he was a wizard king? I like wizards. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, yeah, a wizard. What if he was a wizard king? Plot twist. Uh, all of a sudden, you have instead of like he's just making weird laws, you have um, weird magical, and I'm talking like powerful wizard king. Weird magical crap happening throughout the kingdom that it's just not good. It's just really bad. You got food mages walking around all over the place. <laughs> that makes me think of uh, Frozen and the the never-ending snowstorm. Like, that's what I picture. He just gets this, like, white streak in his head. You haven't seen Frozen? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. Oh, my gosh. All right, keep going, though, because maybe somebody out there yeah. has watched Frozen and Twilight. <laughs> I'm just making everybody either love me or hate me even more. Uh, yeah. All right. The crazy wizard king. Yeah. Disrupting the land. Gotta assassinate him. Number eight. Uh, I have... You could make you could make either a campaign or like a side quest where you are either captured and become slaves, uh, and you're absolutely powerless by yourself. Like you've tried everything to escape, like, uh, or you start out as slaves at the beginning mm-hmm. of your campaign, and you are trying to overthrow your master uh, and start a worldwide slave rebellion. Like slavery could be a huge mm-hmm. thing in your world, and you're trying to. To overthrow the the rulers that use slaves to make the world a free place. Yeah. Um, so that was that was one of the ideas that I I came up with for number yeah. eight. So. Yeah. And then you start off with start off with what equipment? You start off with nothing. Nothing. You gotta you gotta get your weapons. Yeah. You gotta get you know that's sweet. Yep. Um, my number eight um, is something that I've done before in a campaign, and it wasn't the focus of the campaign, but it was kind of just a an element of the time that was going on. Um, a world, a worldwide plague is going hmm. on. Um, now to take that further, what we did was it was a worldwide plague that was only affecting one race. Uh, so oh yeah, yeah. yeah so as in the campaign I had, it, a worldwide plague had already taken place uh, that affected only elves. Yep. And so the elf population in the world, to that point had lost like 95% of the population. So elves were not doing well. And not only did it kill off that many elves, but the after effect was that it killed off that many elves during the worst years of the plague, um, but it also left all um, elven females barren. Like they could not have kids. So like an elf male could go and have relations with a human and have a... Like, there, there was... There were some half-elves, but yeah. even half-elves were, like, super rare because there's, there's only hardly 5% any, of the, yeah. like... And so, um, one of the hooks that we had was one of the characters that we had in that campaign was a, like, 30-year-old elf. And the plague had happened plague hundreds had happened of years like before, right? Years before. Yeah. So, like, most elves are already, like, a couple hundred... Yeah. All elves are already a couple hundred years old. And so, he's walking around, and he was he was taken to this guild hall house when he was... Um, an orphan, and he was separated from most of the world, so he had no idea until the point where he went out into the world, and all these people are like, like, like he sees elves like yeah. coming up to him, being like, like, like you're a chosen one of some sorts, like, and like, like, just like, what? Who is this? Like, yeah. um, and so that was, uh, and unfortunately, that player 
ended up moving, so we never got to actually continue on with that side quest to that main campaign. But, like, have have a plague be part of your campaign. Maybe that's the big... Pl- maybe that is your campaign, figuring out how to cure this sickness. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. my number eight. So cool. seven, Chris. Seven. I had um, kind of got this inspiration from Star Wars, um, the part where... Anakin walks into the Jedi temple and there's all these little little Jedis mm-hmm. sitting there. But instead of him killing them, he captures them all and starts to train them as dark Sith Lords. Mm-hmm. What if there was a mage's guild hall who's training up all of these young, maybe 30 or so young wizards uh, and uh, a dark wizard comes in, an evil wizard comes in, kills off the masters and takes all of these children for himself and is wow. trying to start to raise... Like this super powerful wizard army, dark wizard to take army, over yeah. the world, you know. And so, it could be a wizard campaign specifically. It could be a short side quest that's maybe one, one, one time where it happens, and then you have to go and that find him get, before he starts that to could make get them. Really, you know? really in a good way, like dark and gritty. Yeah, like your your main like focus could be something along the lines of like, we got it, we got to like. These kids, it's not their fault. Like, yeah. And going in. But let's be honest, we're looking at this in a dark and gritty real world, world aspect. Like, you might come up against a kid. A Who's young shooting kid magic who tries at you. to kill you. Yeah. And at this point, there's nothing you can do besides the unfortunate, <laughs> what are you going to do? Or just keep taking constant damage or, or something or yeah, like that until... It could get super dark and gritty of like, I can save some, but I'm not going to be able to save yeah. all. And some of those kids might already have reached the point where there there's no turning back for them, and they've studied dark magic arts. Like that could be really, in a good way, really dark. And yeah, <laughs> could be. Yeah. So that was that was my number seven. Uh, my number seven. We've we've done it before. Um, uh, a prison break campaign. Yeah. Um, now you can you can plan this to be a shorter campaign um, where uh, your bunch of characters breaking out of a prison. If you want something, though, longer for this campaign, the one that we did was we actually had it take place on a, like, a penal colony um, where, like, the whole, there was a huge island where the people, they just shipped off these um, criminals. And so this whole island was split up into, uh, you got, like, tiflings over here, Mm -hmm. like, criminal tiflings. Demons. Yeah, you got, like, all these, all, it's, like, all split up, like, races and, like, our our job was to go around and like gain allies and like escape to the mainland and like create an army to fight back the forces that were going to come and stop us. Um, and so it was really it was really and this we got to give a shout out to the creators of this campaign was uh, our friends Jared um, and Mark. They were the ones who made this oh, campaign. Yeah. Uh, but it was oh, it was it, it was great and like so you you, you make you make relations with. Uh, they had, they had charts. Like, you make relations with the Typhlings. Well, Typhlings hate this race, so you will not be friends with this race if you're allied with the Typhlings. Right. They created so, a whole backstory behind it, Yeah, like, too. we escaped the biggest, like, we were we were the big bad guys of that world. Like, we all had committed terrible crimes, and we, it was a, it was a good example of an evil campaign that went yeah. really well, because we all worked together, um... And we yeah, I mean, no matter how evil you are, you're gonna want to escape. Yeah, like, so we it was it was a great idea for a campaign, prison break campaign, penal colony, 
for a longer campaign. That's my number seven. Your yeah. number six, Chris? Number six, you have an evil apothecary who is slipping hemlock into people's drinks uh, in one of your cities. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, you could you could have this whole thing. Like, you could, um, you could have them doing this pretty regularly, once a night. You could have it once a week. While it's, yeah. It could be, like, over the course of a campaign, you have, like, this main city where you come back to. And there's, like, three more people that are dead that mm-hmm. you've been gone for, like, a month and a half. You come back, that it's still happening. Or it could be something where you have, you know, you say this is going to be a five-session campaign, and it's like, we are hired by the city to be detectives to figure out, like, who this guy is or girl and why they're doing it. Like, yeah. um, so you, I mean, that's, that, that was one idea that I had. It's, it's, uh, it's more of, like, a detective type thing. So you would have to yeah. come out, you might... You might create traps out of that. You know, you might find the person's house or whatever, and you might have to disarm traps, or the house is going to explode with you inside or something now, like that. You know, one thing that I found as a DM is those kind of storylines, like detective-like things, where you you have like you want to make it like clues and stuff like that. One, they're really hard to do. Yeah, like I don't have them. I don't really have a good mind to come up with those. Yeah. but two. Where they're really hard to do, they have a really great payoff. Yeah, they do. do it right, too. Like a detective-style campaign where the characters have to figure out clues and go along. But, yeah, it's difficult to do, but awesome to yeah. pay off. Uh, yep, we're on number six. My number six. Um, this is this uh, can lead into an idea for a campaign, but it's more just a um, type of... Um, an aspect to a world, per se. Um, what if... In uh, in your world, you have mages that, if you haven't noticed, I like magic. And yeah, like you, mages. Do. you do. Um, but, like, mages that are, and I came up uh, with this idea, like, they could be um, either just named door mages or gate mages or something along those lines, or portal mages. But mages that are specialized in teleportation and only teleportation maybe like maybe their only magic is teleportation magic and so um like in my in my campaign right now um when you guys need to get around to travel far um what's better traveling on foot or traveling in a carriage 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 you spend a little money you get there twice as fast and you do it safely um what if you there was teleportation mages that you could hire to just shoot you right there yeah. to wherever you want. Um, and, like, even though they're... And, like, you could have this be, like, a system that, like, they have their own shop. Or maybe if it's in a world that's, like, a grittier world that doesn't like magic, they're kind of like the black market. Like, yeah. you have to meet them in an alley, you got to pay a big price, and they can, they can... I mean, that would, like, in a world that hates, like, wizards and stuff, like, every every underground guild that was, like, a wizard's guild would have a teleportation mage because once the guards come knocking at the door you need to get the heck out of there come and knock um, on my door <laughs> uh, I'll be waiting for you to teleport out of there but yeah like um, they like they could be a much higher priced travel system yeah or they could be even something that spurs on for the whole entire campaign like that they're going to teleport you from place to place but yeah, yeah that's so that's, cool. that's my like number that. six you're number five number five uh, you this is Kind of coming out of a larger campaign where you are, you know, you have a demon problem within your world, like things are going crazy, 
But you start to figure out that there's one big demon that's causing everything. Hmm. But the only problem is he's in the center of the earth. And so you have to take a huge dwarven digging machine to dig <laughs> nice. down through the core or through the crust of the earth into the core of That's the earth. That's of course got to be made out of adamantium because you don't want it to yeah, melt. Like. Yeah. So and, and through that you can create encounters where you get to specific parts and it's like you're digging down and it's like, oh, there is a whole layer of lesser demons partway <laughs> through the crust of the earth, and now you We're get here. stuck Let's fighting. Take them out. Yeah, yeah. Right. You might as well, or they're gonna, well. or they're gonna chase after you and kill yeah. you. So they you might as well take them out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they hear this huge digging machine coming. Yeah. Through. Of course, they're gonna see you. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, dude, you just ruined my kitchen. Like, get out of my house. You know? And you think big, like. Like, are you going to have, like, a, a small dinghy machine? This thing could it be could, the it size could of be, a city. It like, could be a whole ship. It could be, like, a ship. This is, like, world-altering. Yeah, like, yeah it could be, like, if we don't, like, it's been something that they're working on for years yeah. and years, and they're finally unveiling it. They're taking an army down to defeat this this demon, and it's a, it's a massive ship digging through the core of the earth, you know? Yeah. So that was one thing that I, I had thought of. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, journey to the center of the earth. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, uh, my number five. Um, just like I gave the shout out to uh, our buddies Jared and Mark for creating that uh, prison break campaign. Um, I got to give a shout out to where I got this idea from. Um, I love one of my probably my second favorite game of all time was this D and D game called Baldur's Gate Two. Oh yeah. Um, and so there's this. Um, well, let me give you the idea. Mind Flayer Gladiator Arena. What? <laughs> so there is this time in the game where you get you get caught by Mind Flayers. Um, and if you don't know what a Mind Flayer is, look it up. They're sick. We're talking yeah, about like cool. we're talking about like monsters that could spur a whole campaign. These things are awesome. Yeah. Um, but they're pretty sweet. like there's this part of this game where you and your companions get caught by Mind Flayers and have like your stuff taken away and like collars put on and like you're forced to fight in a gladiator battle um, to the death. Now in the game it goes off of one battle and you escape and you like run around this mind flare um, home and just trying to get get out of there. Um, what if you take that idea and you make a whole gladiator type campaign out of it where you need to like win this like tournament in order to maybe win your freedom. Um, oh, it's kind of based off of the Gladiator movie. Yeah, um, or just Gladiators in real yeah, life. Yeah. As a, you win your freedom. Like, But yeah, like you could be in a, in a city of mind flayers. Um, and let's be honest, if it's a city, like the one in the game was a hideout with like maybe 20 mind flayers top. If it's a city of mind flayers. Like 5,000 mind flayers. I don't care if you're cool. epic level, you're not getting out of there by no. freeing yourself. <laughs> no. So you need to win your freedom. But, like, that, to me, would be such a cool, like, I've, I've always liked the idea of doing Gladiator campaign. What about Mind Flayers are in charge, Gladiator, Underdark Scenario campaign. Boom. It's like Job of the Hutt um, on steroids. <laughs> number <laughs> number four, yeah. Chris. What's your number four? Um, so, I forget what I was reading, but I read something about Lois and Clark the other day. Um, and so I was, you know, I was coming up with ideas for this. And so what was it? Lois and Clark. (laughs) Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Why did I say (laughs) family guy? Maybe I was watching or something. Lewis and Clark. Lois and Clark. Lewis and Clark. Save myself. Lois and Clark is Superman. Yeah. I don't like Superman. Lewis. (laughs) Lewis and Clark. Doing an exploration campaign where you're hired to be cartographers 
and you're going out into the wild. Hmm. You have no idea what's in this. Yeah. Whether it's a country next to you that's like indigenous, you've never been there, or it's a part of the country, you're starting out at the beginning of the world, and you've been hired because you're the bravest people to go out and explore this world and explore every like inch of this world and discover everything there. Um, that could be good for if you're trying to create a world or a campaign, you could be like, this gives me an opportunity to help the players come up with some yeah. cool ideas um, for this world that they can find themselves playing in later. Um, but that That's, was that was kind of the idea. Some players might might even like going off of it. Some players might hate this idea that I'm going to give, and then I know other players that would love it. What if they were uh, paid to even make maps like as they go yeah. along, and so they have to make the maps of the area? They well, explore, that's what I'm saying. Like, being the cartographers of the <laughs> here, player, do my work for yeah, me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was that was my fourth that's idea. Cool. I think that could be a lot of fun. Just creating a whole new world, helping the people, or having them, you know, just help create the world in yeah. general. Gives a lot more buy-in too. Yeah. Um, okay, so my number four is. Um, so you start off a campaign, um, and you you tell your um, you tell your players, hey, um, all right, so you guys all um, work on an airship, um, and you guys uh, you guys all work on an airship, or you're you're adventurers who travel on this one airship, um, and right now the campaign's starting, and we're going um, from this uh, airship uh, port to this country give them a little bit of an idea of what the country is sure. um you let them like you let them you know plan their characters out okay part of this is going to be really mean dm right now i'll just but <laughs> you let their characters plan things out if they got any money you let them buy things that they think are going to help in this campaign and then then you start the campaign you get on the airship and this is where the real campaign starts so you you're on the airship and what happens? Airship, like, breaks. You start plummeting towards the ocean. It's freaking lost, man. <laughs> yeah, well, in a, in a sense, you like, like you know, insert plot twist sound here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you, uh, and then you crash land, and now the campaign is not what they thought. The shock is, no, this campaign is actually, you were supposed to do that, but the plot twist is... You are now stranded on a on, on an island. You don't know what the island's like. Uh, you just you decide as the DM how many people survive, how many people die. If it's a big group of people, if it's only these characters, um, they can salvage stuff from the wreckage. Uh, but like now, you have like I'm an airship pilot. I'm really good at piloting. Yeah, we're on an island now. Yeah, we're on an island. What are you, what are you to gonna do? <laughs> like it's it changes it up. And it it'll I I personally think maybe that's a little mean as a DM, but I think that allows her great role playing. Like yeah, I mean you it's have like, to find your your place in this new society. Yep. And there and of course the end goal hopefully would be how do we get off this island? Yeah, yeah, so. that that's good. I like that. Yeah. Um, now I think we need to have a drum roll right here. We'll add it in. Add it in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, now we are on to our number, our top three. And I will start us off. I'll do the honors. Um, this is an idea that I'm hoping to implement in the future. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when in this campaign, That's but right, I don't really... Worry about it. You're going to hear some spoilers from uh, me, too. So. I, I really want to get this <laughs> You <in> already there. <laughs> have. Yes. Uh, Underground Fight Club. 
Mm. Within one of the countries, I haven't decided which country Sweet. yet in my world, <laughs> but you guys, like, having some shady guy, like, it's going to be in a country where, like, fighting, it's going to be a very peaceful country where fighting is not, like, not tolerated at yeah. all. And you're going to be just... So it's got to be underground. Yep, <laughs> yep. So you you are cornered or somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you guys look tough, you're interested in this. And you guys realize that there's this huge underground... <laughs> and my guy says no. Yeah, right? <laughs> What's <Yeah>. the mage fighting? <laughs> right? So you guys, it may be specifically for one, or you guys would yeah. just be like, yeah, I want to try it, why not? Uh, it's going to be this whole elaborate, like there's going to be gambling going on at these things. It's going to be... But it's going to be in each like major city of this town, of this of this Sweet. country. And there's going to be a world championship yeah, at I some see. point in time. in Like a, a so country it, championship. It could turn into a, basically a pretty decently long side quest. Yep, it could. Yeah, where you're like working your way up in one city, and it's like, oh, well, this challenger over in this city is like, I've heard of you. Like, I think I could beat you. You travel to another city, yeah. and then eventually you get this invite to like this underground world championship fight club yeah. uh, within one of the countries. And I'm just like, this could be so much fun. Like, you guys could like hustle people, like just make all <laughs> sorts of money off of this. You could like, like you could put in like. One of the characters was like the best fighter, and just like pretend like you don't know each other, uh, and just like make all sorts of money off of each other, uh, or at least try. So um, I, I'm hoping uh, to implement this in the future in this world, or if not, like Dude, it'll crazy. happen some other time because I love this idea. I'm like, this would be so much fun. Yeah, that's so, awesome, man. Yeah. All right, for my number three, I debated with this being number one. Um, like you said with yours, this is one, not not in this campaign, but I'm, I'll use this someday. This one's hard to explain the right way. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll just, I'll just say it. Um, a, a, you, you'll, it'll be a hidden away town, a little town, maybe like in the woods, probably in the woods. Um, your character, like you have your PCs entering this town. This town is really, really, everybody's really nice. And, of course, what do we know about towns and stories that are just super nice? They're something, all cannibals. Yeah, something, <laughs> different, something different is going on here. What is this town? This is a town full of doppelgangers. Like, oh, the actual, like, monsters. What? Doppelgangers. <laughs> so, like, they, and everybody, um, and, I, like, that's the thing. Like, all these doppelgangers, like, are evil, and they want to, like, kill you, whether they want to eat you or whatever not, and every time you see, like, a person in this town, you're seeing the the person, one somebody who's died before here. Mm. Like, and so, but they're, like, super nice. Now, it's difficult to implement as the DM without player knowledge just becoming so enveloped yeah. in character knowledge, but you split the group up, you, you talk one-on-one with the characters, and, like, you, like, Maybe you have one of the characters split up, and they capture him. And then you have to talk with that player on the side and be like, alright, you're no longer you. You're a doppelganger disguised as you. So now you will be back in the group, in group talks, and you'll be playing a doppelganger. Now, you you know your name, you but you don't know anything specific. So, and, and here's the thing as a DM, 
Like, I as a DM know, like, if I was playing, I'd probably go, alright, I'm capturing Chris. Because Chris will do the best job yeah. of doing this and not giving stuff yeah, away. Yeah, you figure out who's trustworthy yeah. with that you kind go, of stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so you or as, not trustworthy, yeah. but who can do it the best. You as a DM know who is the best and who will do the best job with that. Um, but, like, yeah, imagine, like, like throwing them back together and this guy, it, like, he, he'd, he'd talk with the group, he'd find that information, but he has to be somewhat general. And, like doing a good job, like, it still might come up, and they might be like, hey, why are you acting weird? Like, yeah. but, like, this, that idea to me is just such fun. a cool, creepy, awesome, like, and you, like, if they're not getting it, you start to drop little hints. But if they don't know what's going on, yeah. it's like, it becomes kind of like that detective mystery-ish, like, gotta figure this out. What's going on here? Yeah, it's, yeah. I love that idea. Huh. I'm gonna do it in the future. Um, you can totally you, use me I in the future. I have to use you now. <laughs> so, hey, wow, we just yeah. entered this really nice city. Everybody's really nice to you. Do you want oh, me to ruin it? Doppelgangers. <laughs> Stinking doppelgangers. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's that's my number three. It's bounced up and down. Yeah. And I love that yeah. one. But All right, you're number two. What's number your two. number two? Uh, I, if you've seen the Iron Man movies, I thought this would be stinking sweet. Somehow I've having... seen the Iron yeah, Man movies. <laughs> yeah. Somehow implementing stone statue suits that people could have, like, for fighting. Like, gotcha. like kind of going off like of Iron the... Iron Man 1, like, he builds, like... Yeah, the like, the big metal suit Iron thing that, suit. Yep. that has, like... You can do, like... Like, maybe you go into a world and they have arena-style battles where it's you... Kind of like off of the red was it Red Steel that was the robot fighting movie where you controlled the robots or whatever Real Steel Real Steel that's yep. what it was um, where you could come in and you just have these statues that uh, this is their sport it's like <laughs> the football of their country they have like teams that are based off of this thing or they have you know they have mechanics for these these stuff they have like dwarven guys be, that are the they could be golems <laughs> yeah they could be golems all or like, different kinds of golems yeah and you. But you like that's a cool idea. You now. like wow, that's really sweet. I you like, like that a lot. it like opens up in the middle, and you can like get into the stone thing, and then it yeah. closes on you, and you're like inside controlling this yeah. like, crazy stone statue yeah. that you can either golem armor, golem armor, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was just like I that was another one that I I want to implement in some way, shape, or form, but I haven't found a way to do it yet. Um, but I, I really like. That idea, like an Iron Man type suit made out of stone. That is really, really cool. Um, just side note, like we live in Grand Rapids. Yep. Did you know that suit that you're talking about, the Iron Man suit, original Iron Man suit, it's going to be at the Grand Rapids Comic Con this what? year. What? So now I got to go. November. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going. So how much? Are, go. I don't even know really how much good. tickets are. Like for that twenty-five. Yet. It's cheap. If you're in the Grand Rapids area, check it out. It's oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, support comics. That's cool. Woohoo! All right, my number two. Um, so my number two is another plot twist. Um, bum, bum, bum. Now, in a campaign, um, and it's another. It's also another wizard focused one, of course. It is. <laughs> uh, but like in a campaign, you um, you build up, and like that you have a, the evil character is powerful wizard. Um, you build up his forces. Maybe he's an evil. Just give an example. Evil wizard that uh, his armies are like orc orcs. Like that's who he right. he takes control of. And then you also build up in the campaign, like, your your allies, like, good people, the good side, like, that's the, like, the resistance, whoever it is. Um, you come to this point in the campaign where um, 
your you it's your cat it's your playable characters and they're cut off from the rest of the resistance um but they have to fight a ton of the bad guys and so they go in big battle ensues they get all killed but what actually happened was the wizard cast an illusion and he made the allies, the resistance, look like orcs. Oh. And you, to them, <laughs> looked like really bad guys. And so both good sides went in and killed each other. Like, went in and just tried to kill each other with all their might because they thought they were killing the bad guys. Oh. Plot crazy. twist. But, cra- like, crazy. And then you, like, think about the role-playing opportunities that, like, gives. Like, you've just killed your allies. Yeah. But you can't, like, it's like, but you understand why you did it. But it's still, it's it's tragic. And it, like, I think the best villains are villains that your characters and players both hate with a vengeance. And what more to make them hate besides you build up, um characters that they love and you kill them all I think death in yeah. campaigns is the best part of campaigns when it comes to like the NPCs they love if you kill them off they're gonna want revenge yeah you've done that in some of your campaigns I remember that was like I am ex- I, I, a, I hate the bad guys it's a now. good like motivation it is. yeah it's, it is and you want to you want to be careful with it you don't want to you don't want to get the reputation of Every person I'm going to love, this DM is going to kill off. Yeah. Like, you don't want that. You don't want to make it into um, The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was my number two. Sweet. I think we need an even bigger drum roll for number one. Boom, number one. Oh, I have told... I don't think I've told you this idea yet, but I'm already thinking about my next campaign that I'm planning on doing. And we've talked about this at length, like having characters dictate the history of your world. Um, and I know yep. we did that in your past campaign with some of, like, we had this, like... like playable characters. Playable, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to have a Civil War-type campaign mm-hmm. where there's a there's a powerful country within the world that is at Civil War, whether it's, like, there's one side and another side, or if there's, like, three sides that are, are vying for the power of the country. You know, you can have your, your group, you can get them together and say, which faction do you want to be a part of? Uh, and all right, you're gonna. I'm not promising you at the end of this. Like I wouldn't say this at the beginning, yeah. but there's no promise that they're gonna they're gonna live to the yeah. end. Like there will be a climax, um, but there's no saying which side is going to win. It's gonna be basically dealt out with the dice. And like the yeah. last battle, like I'm not being nice to them. Like they have to figure this stuff out. Like mm-hmm. if they die, they die. And this one side changes the whole history of the world because of this, you know. And so. I've been thinking through, like, which country would be good for this, you know, like, how could I do this, what are some encounters to have, like, you could do, like, reconnaissance missions, where you take, like, the four of you, or five of you, and you have to get, like, parachuted in by gnomes, or whatever, uh, or halflings, or whatever, into this country, and it's like, you have to go in and, and destroy one of gnomes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There, so, there's another number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, parachuting gnomes. So, you, I mean, you have to you have to go in and you have to just do this, like, reconnaissance work where you get dropped in, destroy this base or whatever it is within the enemy forces and then get out. Or it's like you have these big battles with one side and, and like, you have an interactive map type thing that's like, all right, you took forces from this side to go with this battle you're starting to lose ground on this side. And so it's like the whole time, like territories that you know are shifting uh, and the world is changing the whole time until it's finally all brought to a resolution at the end. And one side won, and that totally dictates. So if the evil side wins, 
that whole country is going to have an evil type of future within it. The good side wins, the good side of it comes out. The other side wins, the other side of the history comes out, you know? So that was that was kind of my idea of doing like a an internal struggle within a city like a or in in a, a country in the form of like a civil war. So That'd be sweet. That's yeah. I'm excited for it. That's yeah. what I, that's what I'm planning on doing for my next one. So That'd be cool and it affects we, yeah, we'll, um, uh, we're planning on having a whole whole episode on cameos and affecting yep. the whole history of your worlds if you're creating your own worlds with PCs leading a lot of that. Yep. But yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Um, my number one is something that was the focus of our last, my last campaign. Um, as a, like we talked about, like inspiration, where they comes from, like, I like I said, I'm a Marvel guy. I love Marvel mm-hmm. comics. One of the things that I love about Marvel comics is this whole idea of like the multiverse. Like different there's different basically there's different dimensions of Earth and on like uh I'm gonna use Wolverine as an example. Um if you know Wolverine, if you know Sabretooth, um there are there's there's a there's an earth in which Wolverine and Sabretooth are brothers. There's an earth in which Wolverine is Sabretooth's father. There's an Earth in which Sabretooth is Wolverine's father. There's an Earth where Wolverine and Sabretooth aren't related at all. And so there's like alternate realities, basically. And so I... You guys had no idea until the end of the campaign that this is what was going on. However, this was a huge key. Like, you guys were part of this guild, and you had doorways that could teleport to different parts of the world. What you guys didn't know is your part of the world was in an Earth... Uh, well, not an Earth, but our yeah, world, uh, yeah. Atos, that had been destroyed by this event that happened in both worlds. But there was this event, the Gods' War. And so in one Atos, the Gods' War just destroyed. The Gods right. destroyed the planet. In one, the Gods, like, things, bad things happened. Some Gods were killed. But in the end, like, the world moved on. Like, yeah. the Gods, like, uh, figured it out. It wasn't all at war. It ended. Um, and so this idea of uh, multiple dimensions, multiple alternate uh, realities. Now, like one of the things that I some I had all these ideas going through this that like I didn't even use. Like one one idea that I didn't use was I was going to have, um, and the story went in a completely direction, so it wouldn't even make sense. But I was going to have you guys invaded your guild house, invaded, which had happened, but it yep. just happened differently. Uh, I was going to have it invaded by. Uh, alternate reality forms of your characters that oh, were wow. evil. Like, what if that happened? Now, this can go both ways. You can have a campaign in which your characters invade another um, alternate reality. And it doesn't, I use yeah. the word invade, but it, that doesn't mean it has to be a warlike thing. It could yeah. be like a like in our story, it was a good thing. Like you guys went in and helped each other, helped the other people. You didn't know that it was an alternate reality, yeah. um, but until the end. But, like, what if, like, it was, or it could be an other way around, invasion from an alternate reality in which people come and, like, like, they they could be your characters. And, like, how, like, like, how cool is that if you can go, um, alright, you're, this, this version of your character's attacking you, um, can you tell me what the stats of this role are? <laughs> like, cause he is, he is you. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Like, but, like, that kind of idea, like, evil versions of cells from a different reality, different different dimensions, alternate realities, that's something I like to play around a lot with. That totally um, makes sense in the last campaign, looking back, why you did that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't share that with was, anybody, but that was, 
it was all a inspiration of I love Marvel Comics. I yeah. like the multiverse theory. Um, I'm going to do something along the lines of that with our campaign. Yeah. Um, and the nice, I mean, the nice thing with Marvel that Marvel has used with it is we talk about like creating history and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the nice thing with multiple realities is you can create all different sets of history. Yeah. That's like true. different things, different ways that things happen. So yeah. that was my number one. Something that I really like a lot, and something that can be used in huh. your guys' campaigns in uh, the future. Um, so that's our top ten. Um, we hope that you guys have enjoyed those. Uh, this is this is looking to be the longest episode we've had so far yep. um, by quite a bit, but I think it's really awesome and it's filled with a lot of great content. So yep. I think. With that, let's move on to the, uh, the light bulb for the week. Um, let's let's go light bulb. Light bulb. Light bulb. The light bulb for this week is our initiative system and how we track it, how we keep keep track of uh, how everybody's going to do turns. Um, and we do something a little bit different than probably most everybody. Most people, uh, at least the way that I think we both started out, was you just write it down, and we try to keep track of it. Yep. As a DM, I've always said, hey, uh, can I have a volunteer to take it down? Because, uh, as we all know, DMs have so much stuff to do already. (laughs) And you can can lose, you know, track of, you know, like, oh, crap, which, which, you haven't looked at the initiative for a while, like, which one did I just write, you know? I've learned in the past that one of the problems with, writing down initiative and giving it to somebody as a task is you got to be careful because we have a lot of ADD people in the group. <laughs> I if you don't give, remember. If you, and it could just be the night too, but like you put it in front of somebody, it's their job. And it, I, I can remember constantly being like, Caleb, Caleb! Caleb! <laughs> Whose turn is it? Yeah. Caleb! <laughs> uh, hang on a second. I got to yeah. find it because it somehow slipped away yeah. from where I, where I had it. Um, and so what we do is I... We love you, Caleb. Yeah, we love you, Caleb. <laughs> Mitch and I were kind of collaborating on this a little bit. Mitch kind of came up with a, this idea of you know having an initiative board. And I said, well, we could make a magnets. And I have yeah. like a magnet board. It's just a big thing of metal. Like a, I don't even know where it came from. But it's just this big thing of metal that we can keep track and just have all sorts of stuff up on this board. Um, and so we actually came up with individual... like signs or whatever initiative you markers, initiative yeah. markers for I mean what do we have we have uh, we, we came we asked everybody in the group like alright it's gonna be your name and and like a title kind of thing yep so uh, I because of the last campaign with uh, the guild that we were in my thing is guild master Mitch yep. yours is Sir Chris the Vigilant Sir Chris a lot oh Chris a lot I forgot I put that in Come there on, <laughs> I forgot uh, we I put have that uh, Mark of Infinite Victories as you, as you can tell we'll We'll have Mark on another on an episode soon, uh, but uh, you can tell Mark is a very humble man. Uh, we have <laughs> Paladin Caleb because even when Caleb is not playing a paladin, he struggles he with being a paladin yeah. in person. Yeah. Uh, so we just we we gave them like fun names for each person. Um, I created this this everybody got to pick a symbol, and I made these things on uh, Photoshop. We printed them out on nice paper. Uh, we gave them a back. With a magnet, and now whenever we have initiative, um, I turn to the person who's sitting, me or you, whoever's DMing, turn to the person who's sitting close to it, and, uh, hey, we're going to go through initiative, can you put the markers up? 
and it's a quick and easy, simple thing. We put them up, and it's it's actually turned away from our backs, the DM's back. Um, it's behind but we us. Can, yeah. We can just look, um, and now whenever somebody wonders whose turn is it, we just look at the board, and it has it up there, and everybody can see. Everybody knows, even without reading the writing, what whose symbol, whose co- yep. like color, they know who it is, and it's just so simple to keep track of initiative, and it's easy, it's creative, it's fun. You can do this, you don't have to be as, like, um, you don't have to be all into it that we as we did it with uh, creating all these things and printing things out. You can use a chalkboard. Yep. You can use a dry erase board, like, something yep. easy Whatever as you that. Do. Um, we'll, we'll take picture a picture of that, we'll throw it up on the site like we did with the tiles for last time but just a an easy idea maybe you're maybe you are fine with doing your initiative the old-fashioned way um but yeah it's a good fun way to keep uh keep initiative so yep yeah light bulb well, that's all we have uh, for this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review for a shout-out on our next um, episode. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any stories that you uh, think should be told, if you um, have any ideas for topics you'd like to hear about, you can email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. That's dungeonmaster. Uh, no s block uh, at gmail.com no spaces no underscores no nothing Um, follow us on twitter at dms underscore block that's dms underscore block on twitter uh, for updates on uh, us recording episodes being out uh, just really uh, we had a video that chris found on uh, the authors that we mentioned uh, just things that we find interesting about uh, dming um also, you can like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Now, Chris, tell us about our next episode. Yeah, so our next episode in honor of Halloween uh, and anybody that likes The Walking Dead. Walking uh, Dead. Amazing. amazing. We amazing. sat and watched it Sunday. Intense is all get up. Yep. Uh, our next episode will focus mostly on horror. Uh, and we'll be dealing with things like werewolves. How do you play with werewolves? Vampires, zombies... Ghouls. I mean, and anything and everything horror-related, we're going to deal with how to build a horror yep. campaign, how to build suspense, I'm sure we'll talk about. Talk about zombie campaigns. Zombie campaigns, How to do a yep. successful zombie campaign. Yep. Uh, how to not watch Twilight. Um. Yeah. The vampires we're talking about will not be Twilight vampires. <laughs> not sparkling. Not um, sparkling. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome Yeah, so that's, that's what we be, got. I will be tuning in and subscribing to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will too. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, this has been the Dungeon Master's Block. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of people at the table. I am DM Mitch. And I'm DM Chris. Keep on Dungeon Mastering. Goodbye.